Here we are again, Michael. Episode nine. Nine. Episode nine. Brought to you by Natty Light. Yep. Need a sponsorship. Oh, I thought we signed that already, no? Uh, no, Yanine's in charge of that. So you know I'm a Falcons fan. Yep. Um, quarterback Matt Ryan goes by the nickname of Matty Ice. Correct. Did you think that was because he has ice running through his veins? Cool under pressure. Went to went to Boston College. I imagine he's a heavy drinker. Well, he happens to be a member at the golf course, yeah. and I asked him that question specifically. And the deal is, he used to drink a lot of Natty Ice at Boston College. Yep. And then in college, they started calling him Matty Ice. We went through a we went through a, a Natty Ice phase back in high school into into early college. Because it's dirt cheap and 5.9% alcohol. So bad. Knock you on your ass. Well, this is Natty Light. Natty Ice uh, is 5.9%. It tastes like gasoline more often than not. Yeah. Um, that was a, it was a fun fun crowd I was running with then. It was uh, I moved to Kansas City my junior year. Didn't really make any friends. Didn't really have a very good attitude. Um, but um, ended up hanging out with these guys second half of my senior year called the Posse. Um, which is interesting because that's those are my wrestling guys now. It's the three MP posse, and um, they were they were they were a, a, a fun bunch. Um, got into fights all the time, drinking beers, and I was pretty straight laced. So a lot of times I was the driver. Sometimes I was the getaway driver. We burned a house down one time, which was <clears throat> interesting. True story. Um, we were there was a they were they were building a new development. Um, like the, the I love how you just threw that in there. We burnt a house down one time. Yeah, it was wild. I still, I'm still worried. Sometimes so, I'll wake up at night after having a dream that they came for us. But um, we were, um, it was a development that was being built behind the development that I lived in. And it was all farmland. It's out in Kansas City. So it was all farmland. So you had a thousand acres. I don't even know how much it would have been um, that they cleared and they put the roads in. Um, but they hadn't built any houses yet, and they hadn't put the sewers in yet. So you had big, you know, cement pipes, and um, and there was this old farmhouse that was still standing on the property. And so one summer, that was our hangout. We would go out to the you know, farmhouse, and we'd go into the the neighborhood that hadn't been built yet, and we'd throw parties in these big, you know, concrete cylinders. And yeah, you do it for a little while, and high school kids get kind of bored, and so let's go into the farmhouse. And so then you'd have, you know, you'd be there with 15, 20 people and five or six of them would go into, you know, the farmhouse and they'd do, you know, whatever they do. And then they'd come back, hey, we're in the farmhouse, you know, sitting on the couch in the farmhouse, just chilling, whatever. And okay, no big deal. One night, one of my buddies, C-Rock, um, comes, comes Chris running. Rock? Nope, C-Rock. You know, because we burned a house down that night, I'm not going to actually use his real name. He just goes by C-Rock. He comes, um, comes running back to where we all were. And he's like, the farmhouse is on fire. What do you mean the farmhouse is on fire? And we, we lit the couch on fire, and now the whole house is on fire. And I looked at the farm. First, I was like, what? quit fucking around. And I looked at the farmhouse, and it looked like the lights were on on the inside of the house. And I was like, well, they got, soft glow they've got furniture, so maybe they have lights. I'm like, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. So I got my geo tracker, uh, me and my buddy, and uh, we drove out of the, you know, the neighborhood, down to the McDonald's, sitting at the McDonald's drive-through, and then we hear sirens and freaking fire trucks start flying past us. And we turn around and look up on you know to the hill where you know, 
neighborhood and then the farmhouse where and the sky is glowing a blaze a blaze and you're like holy shit he burnt the fucking farmhouse down and then we were obviously in a massive panic now in reality other than having a couple of natty ices we didn't really do anything wrong me and the guy i was with but we were panicked so we met the other guy who drove the other car out there we met him at like gas station or something and we ended up in his basement like all right here's the story <laughs> we weren't we were there. nowhere near we the weren't house. this is what we were doing we and then we, we were playing video games like, where we were, were you last night boys not, not nowhere near the farmhouse no, we weren't close to the farmhouse um and um and so we, we got our story down and then um we went home and my parents woke us we woke up you know the family in the you know, probably three o'clock in the morning they smelled smoke it was fairly close to our house they thought our house was on fire but it was the damn farmhouse and it, I tell you, man, there was, there was several months we're in high school and anytime, you know, the, the loudspeaker would go on in the classroom and they need someone to go to the principals. Like we were just petrified got us. that, that we were going to go to jail for burning down the farmhouse. And then we started to think about, well, you know, they're going to have to take that farmhouse down anyway to build this new neighborhood. So they probably ended up just collecting some insurance on it because it burnt down. We did them a favor. They took the money and no one ever, no one ever came after us. So speaking of insurance, I've an interesting story from just this past week. Really? So my mom and dad are in town from England, mm. um, staying in a Airbnb currently. Yep. Well, they were, they've moved out now. My dad had a little Keurig machine in the room and, uh, all was well until the time that he forgot to put the cup underneath the Keurig machine. Um, and then the coffee poured out on the table onto the floor. You know, no big deal. Clean it up. Yeah. They had some uh, coffee people come out there. And anyway, they couldn't get the stain out, allegedly. Um, and now the lady is telling my parents that uh, she has to get a new carpet. And the room is about, I don't know how big, it's not very big. Uh, but the lady's telling them that uh, the carpet's going to cost $7,500. <laughs> like, it's a magic carpet. Maybe it'll, it'll fly him back to England. Yeah, anyway. So, but she doesn't have insurance, allegedly. So, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going I'm to go get involved. Her. I would go after her. I'd go after her. So, uh, what we got on the agenda this weekend here? We got a big fight Saturday night. Into That's boxing? Right. Into In- boxing? England versus uh, the world. I mean, sorry, America. America, yeah. Boxing Boxing is a global sport. And uh, when so Deontay Wilder knocks out You could the be the English world champion guy, of boxing the, the because King. they let all the countries uh, have a shot. Yeah, they also anyway, have, I don't they also have wanna... 19 belts. So boxing is, is a bit Yeah, but you could be the unified. Yeah. So, so we got, yeah, Fury Tyson versus Fury, Wilder. The, the Gypsy King from, from England. Yeah. Versus uh, Deontay Wilder from Alabama, I believe. Yeah. Who you got? I might watch that one. I'm going to go with the English guy. Why yeah, not? I'm probably going to go with the American guy. I hope he wears, uh, wears the, the trunks that Apollo wore in Rocky IV right before he died. Yeah. He might. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've, I haven't watched a boxing bout in over a year, I would say. So I usually watch about one a year. I think this might be the weekend I do it. Remember, we got the, the uh, what was it, Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Remember that at your place? Oh, yeah. We um we, we had a couple of young guys that were working with us, Zach Feeler, and he said, "Let's get the, let's watch the fight, and and we're gonna play uh, wizard sticks." Oh, that's like, right. what the hell is wizard sticks? And he goes, uh, he goes, you um, 
you each get a case of beer, and every time you drink one, you duct tape it to the bottom of the next one. And you know, after you drink enough, you've got a, a wizard staff. And um, and he goes, he goes, and then the first two guys who who finish their case of beer, they have a staff that's you know twenty four beers Touch tall, the and then they then they joust <laughs> and yeah. see who built the strongest staff. Um, and it's it's set like it sounds funny. In reality, it's funnier because have you ever tried to drink something that's friggin' you know. <laughs> 45 inches long and you know and you, you you go to pick it up to drink it and it hits the guy over there and by the end of the night you're inside so you gotta like it's it, you're standing on top of tables and stuff you're standing on top of furniture trying to, to yeah that was a good time i staff. completely forgot about that that was fun. but there is a photograph of us in my mm-hmm. backyard with our wizard sticks yep wizard isn't there another game where you uh duct tape edward 40 hands two forties, duct tape them to your hands can't go to the bathroom until they're both done, or you got to get help. Um, and whoever finishes their forties first wins. What do you win? I don't know. We uh, you win at life. This maybe. is great. So my brother went to Kansas State University, Manhattan, Kansas, the Little Apple Wildcats. Yep. And uh, his uh, it was his sophomore year, I think. And I was a senior at KU. Uh, the, the, the last day of classes, then they, they call it like stop day. And it's like the biggest party day of the year. Right. And so um, he was throwing an 80s, 1980s party that night. And so I loaded up a couple of my buddies from KU, my sister and some of our friends from Kansas. Everyone you know, went out to Manhattan. Um, this is actually a multi-layered story here. Um, and they started at four o'clock. We had to be in these guys backyard, PM. four o'clock p.m. Yep. We, it, it, we were going to a keg race, right? Okay. And there was teams of six or seven people, right? And everyone had each team had their own kegs. So you were responsible for bringing your own keg to the to the to the, the race, right? And um, and then the team that finishes the keg first wins another keg. <laughs> and um, and so. And, and there, but there, there's rules, right? So obviously you get, you drink out, you drink out a cup, you could do keg stands, whatever you had to, you had to finish the keg. Um, if you threw up, you had, they had a stage set up. It was like a deck, but it wasn't like attached to the house. It was like in the corner, it was a legit stage in their backyard where the umpires, the referees were, they had on like the footlocker referee mm-hmm. shirts, right? And then they would mingle through the crowd make sure no one was cheating and pouring out beer. If you threw up, you had to go up onto the stage with the wiffle ball bat and you had to spin around 25 mm-hmm. times. If you threw up, you had to do that, which then made him throw up again, <laughs> um, and, and that was you know, the penalty for for throwing up, and and that's how they started the night. And that was before you know it was going to be the biggest party of the year. They, my brother lived in these townhouses, and they had two um, two big townhouse units with probably eight you know townhouses in each that were combining for this big party, and um, we bought so many cases of Natty Light. But then we didn't want Here we people, are again. We didn't want people to take the natty light, you know, on their own. We're going to, you know, hand them out as the party's going. So we, um, so we, we stacked. We we got rid of a bed, kept the mattress, got rid of a bed, and then just stacked thirty packs of natty light, and then put the mattress on top of it. So it was like, you know, it was like a to bed, hide it. a bed of natty, yeah, and then put the sheets and blankets and all that stuff over it, right? And um, my buddy Biggie. Uh, was coming in from Kansas City, and you know another buddy had to wait for him to get off work to you know drive him out to Manhattan. Biggie got there, 
and he got there at six o'clock. So it was after the keg race. Keg race. Keg, I mean, that's not, the keg race was done in twenty five minutes. Like what the heck? People just well, it depends on how many people you have around the keg. I, suppose, well, I think huh? there was a limit because you had to register for it, and teams had names. Some of them had uniforms, right? Yeah. So Biggie Fish. gets Biggie gets to Manhattan at about about six o'clock, and is wasted, passed out by six forty five. It's a strong. Biggie's effort. a big dude, especially this time. I mean, God bless. Him. He's lost over a hundred pounds now. Um, but at this point, he was he was he's probably maybe five ten, and at this point in his life, he was probably three twenty, right? So he could put him away. Passes out allegedly. in forty five minutes on top of the bed that we had all of the beer under. Ah, stash, and we couldn't move him. And and so I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach Biggie a lesson. And so I grabbed a piece of paper and a pen. We could, I couldn't couldn't budge him, couldn't get him awake, couldn't move him because he's huge. I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote "kick me" on it. <laughs> pulled the back of his pants down and stapled it to his ass, like on jackass. So I stapled a kick me sign to his ass. And, and when we needed beer all night, we'd go upstairs, we'd kick him. And then we'd try to wedge a 30 pack out from underneath the bed. Um, amazing. Some good biggie stories. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't talked about those yet. So back uh, to the fight. Yeah. Or back to Airbnb. Oh, so, oh, oh, so it was a fight. It was uh, it was Roy Jones Jr. against somebody. It was that was a fight that night. Oh, that was so your there point. was a fight that night, and then it started raining. So everyone goes into all the apartments, and then the cops show up. And my brother's apartment was you know ground zero. It's where all the beer was. It was you know, it was it. So the cops show up. My brother is a freshman, a sophomore in college. He's nineteen, twenty years old. Not underage. Old, yeah, underage. So are all of his roommates who wasn't underage, me. So it's now three o'clock in the morning and I'm standing out in the rain talking to the police. They put me in the back of the cop car. I ended up getting a ticket for disturbing the peace in Manhattan, Kansas, because I was the only one who was actually old enough to have a beer and took the fall for the crew. Um, so it was a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a memory, that one. was. So my freshman year of college at the esteemed Berry College, um, I, you know, I'd been to university in England for a year, so I was well acquainted with the, uh, the drinking option. Came to Bury, as you know, and uh, try campus. Anyway, uh, I went to, I went to a, a house party my first semester. And um, again, I'm straight off the boat. We're all sitting in the, or standing in the kitchen, having a good time. Um, and then all of a sudden, people started running out that back door, and they were saying five o five o. Well, I didn't know what that meant, so I just leaned on the counter, drinking my beer. I was nineteen, and next thing I'm chatting to a cop, and um, he goes, "Sir, have you been drinking?" I literally had a beer in my hand, and I was like, "Well, honesty is the best policy." My parents always, you know, told me that. Yeah. I go, "Yes, sir." And he goes, are you under the age of 21? I go, yes, sir. He goes, okay, you're going to jail. <laughs> so I went to jail within me. Luckily, four or five of the guys from the golf team went to jail that night. Because I think if I was the only one, oh, yeah. I could have been toting my ass back. But considering the most of the team were in jail, they, they, we ended up doing like sprinting and running and whatever. What's funny about how the cops even showed up so we're all in the in the townhouse having a good time. There's a guy, you know, one of these country boys from Floyd County. He's out in the parking lot, and it was, you know, it wasn't on campus. These were just, you know, townhomes in Rome. So there were regular people that lived in these townhomes. 
And this guy showed up and he had one of those trucks that had like the CB radio thing. And he had the, the big, you know, speaker yeah. on the two speakers, I think on the top of his big truck with the big wheels. And he was outside messing around going, this is the police come out with your hands up. Right. Well, some lady three doors down comes out and he goes, no, not you, you fat bitch. Go back inside. <laughs> and then she called the cops. <laughs> True story. <laughs> At that same place that my brother lived there in Manhattan, they um, well, at that same party, country boy like like who you're describing, gave this dude John John a shot to tell him it was whiskey. It was rifle cleaner. <laughs> he ended up in the hospital that night. He kid almost died. It was terrible. But um, they bought what if they bought like a beat up old van, like an old white like work van, right? Uh-huh. Installed the big speaker in it where they could talk on the CB and, and talk to people. Spray painted it uh, purple, black, and uh, silver uh, camouflage because that's Kansas State colors, right? Took a bunch of um, uh, benches from like like old benches from like a bar that they were getting rid of, threw them in the back, and that was their their tailgate machine. So on Very game small. day in Manhattan, they would load you know twenty people into this van, coolers and everything, and they would cruise to the to the stadium for the tailgate, yelling and you know playing music over the speakers on the outside. But there was an issue with the exhaust. And so the exhaust came into the truck. truck. Yeah, into into where everyone was. So you would get to the stadium and you'd be fucked. And you didn't really know what the hell was going on. You're More like, fucks. You're like high and, and it's like nine o'clock in the morning because they, they're nuts. And so wild experience. That's funny. Anyway, so back to the fight. Back to the yeah, so you fight. Yep. You ever, you ever been in a fight? You ever been punched in the face? Uh, well, I don't know if we've talked about this before, Michael, but I'm more of a lover than a hater. But yes, I have been in two official fights in my life and I've knocked one person out, all separate events. So I got into one fight in middle school. It was actually one of my good buddies, Scott Backus. Um, we were buddies and then something happened. Then all of a sudden we weren't buddies that didn't and then the there was tension. And then there was That's like, girl. Ed and Scott are going to fight. And I was really nervous about it. And, but I, you know, it was one of those things where it's happening today at lunchtime over there in the corner. And, I, you know, I didn't, I guess want to back down, but he, you know, I used to play a lot of soccer with Scott. He was a lot bigger than I was. Um, anyway, so i kind of put my Dukes up and I think I, was trying to get a good stance. So I had my legs, uh, a jar. And before I threw a punch, he kicked me as hard as he could in the balls. And the, and the fight was over. The bout was over. <laughs> it was serious pain. Um, that was my first fight. Number one. So I was probably, you know, 11 or 12 for that one. Didn't get into another altercation until my 19th birthday in a lovely place called Grimsby. In England. Birthday fights are fun. <clears throat> yeah. So we're in a nightclub that happens to be at the end of a pier. I think the nightclub is called Pier Number 39 or something. And uh, something happened in the nightclub. They were going back to uh, our boy Fury. There were basically some gypsies, pikies He's in the, the nightclub. He's the gypsy king. Yeah. Fury. Well, yeah. these were some of his disciples. Okay. Um, and somebody pushed a girl, something we, you know, our crowd got a little involved, but nothing too crazy. A couple of people got thrown out of the nightclub. Well, then when we came out of the nightclub, walked all the way down to the pier, to the main road where we were going to get some taxis, uh, all the, all the pikies were waiting for us. And, um, 
yeah, I, I, I took a, I took a right hand to my jaw or my mm. nose or something. It's the first time I've ever seen stars. Yeah. Like you do in the cartoons. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that didn't feel good. Um, so I bowed out fairly quickly. Um, luckily for us, our crew, my buddy Sharpie was trying to get into the green berets at the time, which is, you know, kind of the elite level military. So he was training like crazy, going on 30 mile hikes on the weekend with, you know, weight like in his maybe backpack. 30 miles in my entire yeah, life. Push up, sit ups. He was in very maybe. good shape. <clears throat> and Stretch. so Sharpie, it was like something out of a Bruce Lee movie. He, he, it was him. So I was out. I took one punch and I was, hey, this isn't my cup of tea. It's my birthday. I think I told that to the guy. I go, oh, it's my birthday. Don't hit me. Um, and so I was out. My buddy, the weasel, Andrew Ritchie, he uh, sat on a uh, wall the entire time, smoking a cigarette, watching us get our asses kicked. Uh, another one of my buddies, Ed Tomlin, had just had ACL surgery and he got punched in the face and told the guy that he had a prosthetic limb. Um, anyway, so it was basically Sharpie versus seven or eight Pikes, and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. He got very lucky. He was just punching, swinging elbows, kicking, and literally, uh, this is kind of how I remember it, dropped everybody. And, and he ended up with his shirt off as well. One of them ripped his shirt off. So he's standing in the streets, a bunch of people watching at this point, a bunch of cabs waiting, and Sharpie has dropped all of them. And... Um, and then they pulled out a knife, and at which point we uh, we ran away as fast as we could. You gotta know when to hold them. Mm-hmm. Know when to fight. Um, What's the expression? You don't want to show up to a knife fight with the, or gunfight gun with, with a knife. knife. You also you don't, don't want to show up to a regular, you know, you don't fist want to fight show up to a knife fight a knife. with a fist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, high point of Sharpie's life. It was. We actually spoke to him recently. That that was the highlight of his life, and it's um, you know pretty much gone downhill ever since then that was it he peaked in uh 1995 oh man hey you know something inside of a man changes when they get punched in the face absolutely i feel like every man should get punched in the face at some point at least once it jars something inside of you that keeps you in check and you can tell who hasn't been a little punched bit of in the time face. with someone, whether or not they've been punched in the face. If you're listening right now, you've never been punched in the face and you're well, a guy. Get into it this weekend. Listen up. Do it. The person, Donald Trump has never been never punched, been in, punched the in the face. Never been punched in the face. Never. Never. You know who's been punched in the face? Biggie. Biggie's been punched in the face. Uh-huh. Just, just based on your face, dude. I would say you've been punched in the face been, multiple times. I've been punched in the face multiple times. That's how I started going bald. You know that? So... Yeah. Punch the hair off of you? Kinda. The concrete that they slammed me on oh, took, that's the, right. took some of the hair off. Yeah. Um, this guy was he was uh he was peeing on my tire outside the dorm in college. You've actually told the story the before, Mike. For, for oh, did I tell you this one? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's that was the beginning of the receding hairline. So um, no, but you're right. Getting punched in the face will make you sort of think about what you're about to do. Yeah, it's accountability. Moving forward. It's the most brutal and, and, uh, and primal form of accountability. If I do this, I'm going to get punched in the fucking face and likely deserve it, you know? And so it makes you, makes you makes your decision-making process a bit clearer 
when there's consequences. Yeah. Um, I punched Biggie in the face one time, and I still feel bad about it to an extent. We were at this Halloween party. I feel bad for Biggie. Um, no, if, if you're listening, Biggie. No, Biggie, Biggie, you've made it. You've come out on the other end. Um, we uh, we were at this uh, this Halloween party back mm-hmm. in it's probably ninety nine, two thousand, maybe two thousand one. I don't know. But um, do you know what people in uh, Alabama do for Halloween, Mike? Uh, pumpkin. Pumpkin. Um, it was back. It was back whenever it was trendy for girls' Halloween costumes all to be hookers. Right, so it was the trendy Halloween costume. Okay, and so so we're at this um, we're at this Halloween party at a friend of ours' house. Um, we're having a great time. Hey, by the way, Baker, Halloween isn't until uh, October. Yeah, take the furry costume off. What are you doing? Um, and uh, and Biggie has a few to drink, and um, and he's he starts to get down on himself because at the time he didn't have a girlfriend, and you know, all these hookers walking around and none of them are even talking I'm like baby calm down these are our friends be respectful yes they're they're dressed that way but they're not really hookers um and he keeps carrying on and getting louder and louder and louder and so i said to my buddy does go take him in back and get him to calm down and he does and then i just start hearing from the backyard he's yelling so i go i go back i, I grab him by his shirt i go man calm down what's going on like relax and it intoxicated and i was as well stumbled and and he's now i find that hard the, to believe he's on, he's on the ground uh, he's and i'm kind of on top of him still got him by, by the shirt i'm like man you gotta calm down you gotta shut your mouth or i'm gonna knock you out and he goes well you better knock me out then so i did i reached back and jacked him right in the face which is i feel horrible about it now and out cold immediately and uh um, night, night and i go oh shit and so I get up and I walk back around the front. I go, yeah, baby's quiet now. <laughs> I'm going to see him for a minute. And about 20 minutes later, Biggie comes walking around from, from the back of the house and has no clue what happened. Zero idea what has con- you know, transpired here. And uh, I'm like, all right, it's time for us to go. So we, so we get back in the geo tracker. I don't remember who was driving. We had this little Asian guy named Sock. We call him Sock Money. Uh, he was with us because he liked to hang out with us because we were fun. Um, and uh, fun. Biggie didn't think we were fun then, I guess. But um, so I'm in, I'm in the passenger seat. I think Dustin must have been driving. Sock is behind me, and then Biggie's behind the driver's seat. And so I look back, and then I look again, and his whole face—it's like, kind of like you know when when a cartoon character gets bumped on the head, and <laughs> right, his whole face is—I'm like, holy shit! And um, broke his friggin' orbital bone oh. right here. Yeah. <laughs> It's nothing to be proud of, Michael. That's no, your friend. I, I feel horrible. Again, it's a, and then I was the best man in his wedding. <laughs> hey, it's the thing about guys versus girls. You know, guys can have major discrepancies, uh, you know, bang it out, so to speak, and then they're cool again. Let's go grab a beer. I Women, on the other hand, yeah, will know. hate each other for centuries. Over something that was said that, wasn't even really said it was just how it was perceived in mm. one of their heads you know yeah which that's I, I hate that but um biggie you know if you're listening you know i love you and i would not have knocked you out had you not told me to <laughs> in my defense following instructions yeah it's following instructions any other good any other good uh good fight stories i've been in a few fights the one about the, when the guy was peeing on my truck in the car it wasn't a truck um 
Oh, by the way, I didn't finish. I, I've been in two fights and oh. I knocked one guy out. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> when I was probably about eight or nine, I was uh, doing some karate moves with my buddy <laughs> Bjorn Gent, who was Swedish. Um, hope you're doing Bjorn. well, Bjorn Gent, yeah, or Gent. I forget how we pronounced it. Um, but uh, yeah, we were... After school, we were in uh, the guest room at my mom and dad's house, jumping up and down on the bed, um, doing karate moves. And I uh, <laughs> I caught him with a sort of roundhouse kick, or at least what I thought might have been that, right on his chin, out. <laughs> and then I was like, ooh, oh, wake up, buddy. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so that was sort of an accident. Well, not really, because I was trying to do it, but you didn't, you know, it wasn't not like I knew what I was doing. Out, yeah. But yeah, that's it. We went. Me I, don't my, like, I don't like fighting my No, kids. no. Me, oh, it's it, not it, good. It, it's not, doesn't suit me. Me and my buddy Cornette got in a bar fight a year ago, and I was like, bro, I'm 38 at the time. He's 42. I'm like, we can't get in bar fight. What the hell are we doing? His wife started. Amazing. Um, but, um, when I was in high school, me and my buddy Mike Desimone went around the cafeteria at school for about two months, like after everyone would buy their lunch, and this is back people carry cash. Hey, you got any change? You got any change? We collected all this change until we had enough change to go to the mall to service merchandise to buy a pair of boxing gloves because we wanted a box, right? But we all had enough for one pair. So, so you, hang on, let me just backtrack here. You basically begged other people for money. Yeah, so we could go get gloves so we could fight each other. All right. Yeah, why not? Um, and so, um, so we, we get this pair of boxing gloves and then we set up like a, like a little, you know, ninth grade fight club at, at Mike's house. We put a mattress on the floor. The first rule of fight club is you beg for money on beg the front money end. to get gloves. Right. Well, so, um, we, so we set up this, this, you know, king size mattress on the floor. We go to the old like TV guide channel. Cause it had the little clock that counted down like minutes and seconds in the corner. And that's how we would time the rounds. But we had to rotate. So like in the first round, if I had the right glove, he'd have the left glove. You could only use the hand that had the glove on it. And then the second round, you'd switch gloves. And and so- And you never off, thought to save up for a second set of gloves? Well, I think, you know, I think probably the plan was to get a second set of gloves. What are you going to do? Let the first set so just sit t- there and not <laughs> fight in the meantime? Yeah. Well, no, I get, yeah. I get in the short term. Yeah. You, you go with what you got. Yeah. So, and then it just, and then it got fun because that was part of the challenge was one-handed fighting. You're like, oh, I got to go left-handed and now so, and so then, for the next two minutes. This could be- Like the fight club movie, it got bigger and bigger and we'd have, you know, five or six guys after school would go over to Mike's house and we'd fight each other. And um, at first, this is the first time I ever knocked anyone out. It was fighting Bobby Stever, and um, and it, he hit me good and rattled me to where my brain wasn't working clearly. And um, and then I came back and I hit him with my glove hand, but then just natural instinct, I f- combo and clocked him with my non-glove bare, hand, bare fist, and boom, bare knuckles, boom, done. He was out. Yeah, um, that was a uh, yeah, the first time I knocked anyone out. The second time was Biggie. Those are the only two that I've knocked out in my life. I've not been knocked out, thank God. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. I'm retired. Yeah, a face might. and a mouth like that over there. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happened. By the way, Mark, I think I've said this before. You have the absolute perfect face for radio mm-hmm. and podcasts. You said a lot of the same shit over and over again, but I'm, I'm humoring you for the sake of our audience. Yeah. It's entertaining. Always entertaining, Michael. Yep. Well, you ever come up with any inventions? Oh, we're going to start this. 
Yeah, I invented quite a few things. And and honestly, I shouldn't be sitting here with talking you to me right now. I should be on a friggin' yacht somewhere. So you want to know what I meant, invented? I invented the Swiffer, and yeah. I invented Instagram. Yeah, both. What did you do with it? They, well, not get paid. Not get paid. I didn't do anything. No. So I invented. So in fourth, fourth ideas grade, are worthless, Mike. Fourth you grade, take no, some I'm, action. So fourth grade, right? We had this little competition, and it was called Invent America or something, right? Uh-huh. And I invented with the help of my mom. So if you win Invent America, do you become the world champion inventor? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just clarifying. No, apparently you don't, because I didn't even win, but someone's making billions off my fucking Swiffer. So I invented the one move mop with the help of my mother. Give her a shout mm-hmm. out. You know, she's like, Michael, I wish that I wish that there was a mop that had the soap and water in it already, and then just had a little tube that you know you could put it. In. So it was the one move mop. I filmed the little infomercial, little fourth grade me invented that shit. Nothing, nothing, not, not a cent. Cost me money because <laughs> and I now your mop. teacher. Is yeah, my teacher now is retired. Yeah, yeah, she, she's she's doing she's doing uh, great. Hey, Mike, this is a really good idea. Um, uh, Mike, Mike, I don't think it's going to work. Do you have uh, the drawings for it by any chance? Thanks. I'll uh, I'm going to go home tonight and grade them, and I'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I invented the the Swiffer, and then um, okay. I invented Instagram. Uh, Two thousand and eight, uh-huh. Facebook was coming out or whatever. You know, it was out, I guess, and it was becoming more popular. And I was like, I don't want to read thoughts on your mind i don't want to read your shit just show me a cool picture and i was like why don't we make an app it's just the pictures like forget the words like i don't give a shit how you feel like somebody something cool and um I, I'm, I'm gonna make an app that's just the pictures and i was gonna call it peak it's gonna be a little peak a little peak into your into your world and, yeah um, but then and, you yeah, did no, nothing didn't, with didn't it do that either no yeah Oh, well. so, hey, yeah, I'm due. So that was, you know, two great ideas. And I was, see, I was 28 at the time. So every, you know, 14 years. So I'm about due. All right. Stay tuned, brother. Something else is coming. Well, here's what it's going to be, right? All the biggest companies now, they're just middlemen. Mm-hmm. Airbnb. Owns no property. Uber. Owns no cars. Alibaba. I don't know what they do. <laughs> they sell a lot of shit, but they don't own any of the ah, shit. Ah, like Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we got to come up with something. We could sell funny stories to people who are just lame as fuck and have no stories of their own. Got to monetize this stuff, Baker. Come on. Oh, who's that? On? Oh, that's, it's Natty Light on the phone. Hang on. Oh, good. Oh, hang on. Yes. Okay. Well, how about 60? 30. Oh, all refill, right. Refill, I just struck please. a deal, Mike. They're, they're I just so struck good. a deal with Natty Light. They're so good. They're going to give us, you know what they're going to give us? What? 30 cans. Yeah? For 16 bucks? Yeah, we're on our way, baby. Probably. Woo! All right, Michael. It's time to go throw some darts and yep. continue the nonsense. Back to work. All right, brother. Good chatting to you. Always is, buddy. And it's funny. Because it's true. 